In some work with a colleague earlier this month, I got asked a fantastic question. Shouldn't some of these things that you have in your communications plan be in the training plan instead? And I thought that was just a really great question because the assumption is that we always need a communication plan and a training plan for our change initiative. And there is actually a great opportunity with the modern tools and technologies and approaches we have today to blend some of your communications and training activities. And in fact, for some change initiatives, you don't need a training plan at all. I'm Natalia Loback, and this is the Change Course Podcast. I've spent my career leading complex change and transformation in organizations. And over my career, I've discovered what makes complex transformational change stick. Connected change is all about leading successful change within the context of the organization. And here at the Change Course Podcast, we're all about making change sustainable. So listen in, drop us a like, a comment, and let us know how we can help you connect and change. A reminder that opinions expressed are entirely my own. Okay, so I know that some of you change management purists are going to come after me and say, you always need a training plan. And okay, but hear me out. Sometimes, depending on the size and the scope of the initiative and the stakeholder impact, you probably don't need a whole big train the trainer, global implementation, thousands of people coming through your training event type of training plan. So let me help you identify when a training plan is going to be really effective for you and when it's just overkill. And in fact, you could be tailoring and using some of your communications activities to cover the training component. All right, so let's go back to the beginning of our change initiative. One of the first things that we do when we step into the role of change leader on a program, a project, an organization, um, or a large change is that we look at, first of all, figuring out who our stakeholders are, who the people are, who are going to be affected and impacted by the change. So when we figure that out, the next thing that we do is we start to investigate their impact. So how does the change impact those stakeholders? Now, for those of you who've been around a long time in change, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the change impact assessment. It's one of the most important steps in developing your change strategy, in figuring out what your change approach is going to be. And also it feeds into the the two key deliverables that you're going to use later on as you implement change. One of them is your communications plan and the other is the training plan. Now, 
you don't always need a training plan. And this is the thing. When change management was thought as just training and communications management, a lot of the time we would be pulled into projects that required a great amount of training. And often people have an understanding of that or leaders have an understanding of that as they kick off and start a project. So I have been involved in countless ERP implementations, you know, big, huge organizational changes. So when we're talking about um, an ERP system, ERP stands for enterprise resource planning. So anything that is going on in the operations of your business, anything that is going on to support the making of money. So I could have used bigger words there, but I'll just make it really simple. If you're supporting the process that makes money, if you are supporting back office processes that feed into that process of making money, system supported in that case, you're going from end to end in the organizational value stream. When you're implementing a large scale system, technology system, digital transformation, Okay, all of these big words, when you're going to put in a piece of software or a big, huge system software, system of software and related applications to support that process, that's called usually ERP implementation. Or now I think the fancy term that people are using is digital transformation. Okay, it's all the same thing. That is essentially what you're doing. So you're looking at processes in the organization and trying to figure out how technology is going to support that and then figuring out what tools you need and then putting them in place. When you have something of that scale that is touching your entire organization from end to end, usually the people who are making the decisions about that strategy, about that um, you know, decision at a high level to invest millions of dollars into something that is going to support the business, Those folks who are doing that understand the scale and the scope, and they know that there is going to be a huge training component because it's going to involve people doing their jobs differently. So back in the day when we got called into big programs and big projects, that was often the need. That's why we got called, because they knew they had to train thousands of people tens of thousands of people. And in order to get people to your training, you need to communicate. And so the whole focus was we got to make sure people adopt it. We got to make sure they're trained and we're going to need training and communications, change management to make that happen. So sure, for those, you absolutely need a training plan. Why? Because you have to have your training and approach, your training approach and strategy. So are you doing train the trainer? Do you have an e-learning component? Are you doing classroom training? How are you actually going to coordinate and execute that? These are all the considerations that go into the development and management of a giant enterprise-wide training program. Now, things have changed. And now the types of projects and programs that I'm being asked to support aren't always these big enterprise-wide tech implementations for digital transformation, right? Some of the programs that I'm asked to support are different. Like the scope is different. We might be doing a digital transformation, but 
it's a lot of behind the scenes work. So the impacted stakeholders are the ones who are actually developing or using the technology. And there are fewer, as we would call them, external or end user stakeholders. And I find this often happens when you're taking a very old, um, archaic, back-end technology system that perhaps has been legacy in the organization for a long time. I've seen this over and over again. And what you're doing is you're actually refining that back office process. So your end users are a very small group of people. And sometimes the folks who are doing the work are actually the ones who are managing the system. And that's the biggest component of the work. So when you're looking at your affected stakeholders and you're looking at the change impact, the impacts are minimal. For example, oh, there's new information available. End users who are outside of the technology organization are going to be able to find information differently. It is going to help them cut down time on processes that they're doing. Or there's going to be something new that they'll be able to interact with. Or one of the processes that they've been doing that has been very cumbersome and frustrating and annoying is actually going away and they no longer have to do it. And the input to that process and the output to that process are going to be managed digitally. So they no longer have to worry about it. To ask somebody to stop doing something, you, you don't need a training, big, huge training program for that. You need adequate communications and you need to develop trust that the process is going to be supported. But you don't need training for that. You need communications and you need um, visual aids. You need demos. You need to show what's happening, but you don't need to train necessarily. You need to show someone where to access new information, tell them about it, tell them how great it's going to be, help them understand how it's going to help them, right? But you don't need to train them on that. You can make a short demo show them where to find the information. And that's it. After that, you know, your demo doesn't become an e-learning. Your demo has reached end of life. You might have a stakeholder group of a thousand people, but once you have shown that demo to a thousand people to say, this is where you find the new information, it's all about adoption. And it's all about post-implementation management. Did you use it? What did you think? How did you know did you find it easy to to find after we showed you the demo how you know how useful is this information you're already going to find other information in the same place so we don't need to test the process or train that process you're putting information into a place that they're already used to going so why do you need to train them you don't you need to find out how do you support adoption how do you support use so the communications plan then becomes the focus. And so when I was asked by my colleague about this, she challenged me a bit and she said, oh, you've got a demo in the communications plan. You've got a video in there. Oh, you have an event where we're going to talk about this at um, a conference. And I was like, yeah, but the event isn't training. The event is about awareness and developing excitement and preparing for adoption. The video is a 
low fidelity, lo-fi demo of one of the leads going in and showing where do you find this information? What is it? What does it mean? And how do you use it? Once everybody's seen the demo and used it once, they don't need the demo anymore. They know where to find stuff. So she was challenging me and saying, well, shouldn't that be in the training plan? And I said, and I flipped it around and I said, do we really need a classroom training for everyone to find a new number inside a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet? And then she laughed and she said, no, we don't. And, you know, that was the really incredible learning that came out of it. There's a big assumption that we're going to need this massive training approach. And really, when we look back and we use our change impact assessment to really understand what the process looks like from the end user perspective, how end users are going to be impacted and affected, that's when you can make the decision, do we need a full scale global, you know, giant tens of thousands of people training program? Or do we need a few very short, easy to access, concise communication style tools that help people get the information that they need, give them the ability to adopt this new process, and you're good to go. So that I thought was a really good way to break it down and say, you know what, if you have some smaller activities or the impact is small, then leverage and user communications plan to make that end user adoption the focus, make end user adoption the goal. And if you have to convince, uh, you know, a higher up or somebody in power that you actually don't need a training plan, I invite you to send them this podcast. I hope it helps. But you don't always need that huge, heavy, giant training plan. When it calls for it, absolutely. But are there other more interesting, more compelling tools that you can use that are more communication savvy, that help you get what you want and achieve the goals, which is always adoption and use of your product, your program, your project. The last thing I want to mention is in the case where you have a much lighter uh, impact to stakeholders, if you try to roll out a giant training program, you'll probably get resistance from your stakeholders and you will reduce trust on any future stuff that you need to implement and roll out. Why? Because they will go to your training and if it is if they have given up time or they have had to move things around or, you know, there's some, it's treated like a really big thing and they get there and they do it and they say, you know what, the actual impact of this is really small. You've just wasted my time. That's definitely something you want to avoid. You can develop resistance by bringing people in to over-engineered training programs that they don't actually need. And users are smart. They're savvy. They know what they need to do. They understand And it's a good opportunity to make sure that your approach is fit for purpose and help your higher ups understand that 
building a huge, massive training rollout strategy for something that is low impact to your end users will actually undermine uh, product process or change adoption post-implementation. So I hope that's been helpful. And I just thought that was a really great insight to share because yeah, like what a great question from my colleague. And I'm so thankful she asked it because it gave me a great opportunity to explain, you know, when we're really after adoption, when when that's what we're focused on and we want to support it and we've got busy stakeholders who don't have a lot of time, we're not going to get buy-in for a big giant global training program anyway. So how can we stealth train using our communication tools? How can we use the opportunities we have to embed training in some other more accessible ways that still get us those incredible adoption results that we are looking for. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe because it helps others find us. Change Course is brought to you by Chart House Advisory Services and ConnectedChange.com. Our music is Levity by Emily Clausen. Show notes have moved. We're now at ConnectedChange.com. So visit us there under the Change Course podcast page, and you'll find a list of all the resources that I've mentioned here today. While you're visiting us, sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter. You'll keep on top of all things change. And every month we are sharing exclusive content and resources only with our subscribers. So don't miss out. Sign up at connectedchange.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's never too late to change course.